Eight years ago, three nerds created a little independent wrestling podcast that could, but over time, that podcast has grown into not just covering wrestling, but all things under the nerd rainbow. From Marvel to the Muppets, from Frank Sinatra to Count Chocula, from Mickey Mouse to CM Punk. Now, here is some combination of Chad, Zach, and Luna as we welcome you to the IndieCast. All nerd, all the time, exclusively on the WNR. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. I am Zach Romero. Joining me here, as always, is my co-host, Chad Allen. Chad, say hello. Hey, everybody. So, it is an After Dark episode. We are following up our first ever mini-sode with right. an After Dark episode. Uh, Chad, uh, as our resident <laughs> on-the-street reporter. Legitimately uh, on-the-street. Yes. Any uh, closing thoughts or... Uh, <laughs> closing thoughts or statements about our first minisode and your blockbuster interview with Big Opossum. Now, first off, it sounded like Big Opossum was back in your place now, so I'm, I'm, you might want to check and make sure he's not there. I will, I will. Um, <laughs> make sure you have, uh, if you have Papa John's Pizza Crust, he, he really likes the oh, pizza crust, yeah. as you know. Um, but, uh, or at least pizza crust as a whole, I just happen to have Papa John's in the, in the trash can. But, um, because my kids don't like the crust. I don't get that to save my life. I think it's I will, just a kid that, thing. It's a fucking breadstick. Like, give me that bitch. That's like, that's what the, that's what the <laughs> garlic sauce is for. That's why it's they that, put uh, the garlic butter in there is for that breadstick at the end, goddammit. So, that's, that's, um, that's that Chad Allen uh, uh, pizza parenting. That's, that's right. A, that's a goddamn breadstick. You hand that bitch, hand that bitch over. Put that on daddy's plate right now. Uh, <laughs> I want the. <laughs> I want the carb, goddammit. So that's, uh, no, that's right. So uh no, the episode uh, I thought the interview uh, went excellent. Uh I, I am looking forward to hopefully having uh Big Opossum uh invade my trash can more often uh out here at IndieCast HQ. Uh absolutely a blast of a, a time for what you know, what little bit I was able to keep him here. You know, possums are skittish, so they don't they don't necessarily stay around long, and I didn't want them to get you know, caught by animal control as they're they're riding through the neighborhood trying to catch Which wild animals. I think animals. is very noble of you. I mean, him somewhat yeah. Sasquatchian in nature, or just like you kind of catch a glimpse and he's gone. But right. uh, but no, yes, I thought it was a fantastic interview with the mighty marsupial, and uh, and the mighty marsupial. Why is why is that not on a shirt? There we go. <laughs> That's why I wasn't on the episode, ladies and gents, because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that would have been the whole episode. It was just me coming up with more nicknames and 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 t-shirt ideas. Uh, but nevertheless, our first of I'm I'm sure many many mini episodes, mini sodes in the near future, um, possibly. And so we're gonna take the night here and discuss some things that have long past due. Well, basically the big news yeah. from last week to kind of play a little bit of catch up. And so first of all, I want to just kind of give ourselves the pat on the back and talk about. Us calling it a few episodes ago about the concept of Effie and John Moxley fighting for the GCW uh, World Heavyweight Title. Yeah, we and definitely Babe Ruth that one. We pointed we pointed at the uh, at the left field wall and cracked it right out of the park for that one. So, um, yeah, it's been announced. Yeah, it's going to happen. And uh, if you listen to uh, Effie's podcast, which I definitely recommend. He is confident as all hell that he's going to win that championship. Um, and as we pointed out back in that original episode, 
I think that absolutely works. I think that can 100% work. I think it's absolutely believable. Effie even said that uh, he's comfortable with blood and guts and that, you know, basically he, his body is just barely containing the untapped power and spirit that is even beyond Effie. So very interested to see where that goes. But before the show, we were discussing other champions and and, and who really could, if they won the title out of nowhere, who the crowd would truly be behind. And we mentioned, um, well, Chad, you get into it here and, 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 and you're get on, uh, well, get on the soapbox, I, step up on the soapbox. I here. thought, I thought for the most part, there were, there are really two people that I can think of that are, you know, fully under that GCW banner, um, that if they came in and won the title right now, the audience would be 100% behind it. There'd be no question. Um, it would be, you know, ticker tape parade right down the middle of, you know, whatever, you know, probably Atlantic City because their their home base seems to be kind of out of the Atlantic City area. Um, and those two people were Effie and Nick Gage. Um, right. And I, I think those are those are really the two under, like, you can bring in other people. You, you could bring in other people from the outside, and obviously they have to, to, you know, win the title. That's kind of what they did with Moxley. I mean, don't oh, get me wrong. I love, I love Moxley, but you wouldn't consider him necessarily a GCW wrestler. He's an AEW wrestler that happens to wrestle in GCW. This is like, you know, um, I don't want to call it a hobby. Like a hobby was the first thing that popped in my head, but that seems um, almost a little rude on it. But it's it's not his first priority. Like, you right. know, he's unfortunately inter- has other stuff sort of, uh, you know, going on at the moment. Right, he's just kind of the interim AEW champ, so they that he might have uh, you know, other things on his uh, on his plate right now. But like Effie and Nick Gage, I think are probably the two people that I can think of right away. That well, like when you say GCW, they're the ones that pop into your mind. At least for me, at least I, I don't you know somebody else may say people like Joey Janela and things like that, but I, I really think it's those those two specifically. So, um, and the funny part is, is like, I, I totally, obviously we, we've been, we've been on daddy's side for many, many years now. So, and that's no surprise on this, on the show. If you've been listening to the, to the indie cast, we love us some Effie all the way back to even, you know, before he was WNRN, you know, internet champion very before true. the, the Effie Izzy match before all of that, we were, we were big fans of Effie. And it's just grown and grown since then. Yeah. Um, but the the one I didn't, I, the one I didn't, I said I I didn't quite. The, I get it, but I like I like for me I don't get it. Was, right, you get it on um, paper, but you don't necessarily I, get it in practice. Right. We, and and I remember you like, you know, gasped for a moment when I said it was Nick Gage. I like, I get why people are fans of his. I see where where it is, but it's just. I don't know, and I'm questioning if maybe just because I'm getting old. Um, well, yeah, the reason I, I gasped was not because I'm, like, Nick Gage's biggest fan, but because Chad is, like, a literal, like, Gen 1 ECW guy. Like, was there right. in person experiencing it and the blood and the guts yeah. and everything else. So the fact that you're like, yeah, I just don't know. It's just so violent. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I don't know. It's maybe just the way the, like, 
it, it, the, maybe it's just the way the violence has changed or I don't know. And like I said, and don't get me wrong in Jesus, please. Let me actually say this. Nick Gage, if somehow you're listening to this show, um, first off, hi, come on the, come on the show with us. We'd love to have you on as a guest. Secondly, um, but two, do you yeah, use your please don't kill me on Papa John's pizzas. Right. Um, but, but, uh, also, you know, though, um, the funny part is, and, and I think we've talked about this in our, we have a, you know, our secret cabal chat with like us and the team Amethyst boys. Um, Nick Gage actually seems like he's probably a pretty nice guy on like wearing you know, trans rights or human rights shirt out to the ring and stuff like that. Like, like things you wouldn't expect from a guy who's like repping his cell block type of deal, you know, is, is not the type of things you'd expect to come out of his mouth or, you know, a guy that's going to put people through glass or cut them up with a pizza cutter or things like that. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think just my tastes have changed in that time frame. Cause I mean, ECW, the last, you know, one of the last shows I went to was cyber slam 2000. Well, that's 22 years ago. Like yeah, that's, that's a long freaking time ago. Uh, you know, I would, you know, so it's, it's just, how things are, are different to me. And again, if you're a fan of Nick Gage or, you know, again, if you are Nick Gage, cool. I, I love it. I just, you know, it, I, my tickets are, are going to be more, more sold towards Effie than they would towards Nick Gage. Um, it's just, that's just me, but, but I was a Sandman fan back in the day. And that's basically Nick Cage. basically <laughs> just like the Sandman with, with a pizza cutter instead of a kendo stick. I mean, I, I guess I like, I, I don't know if I should really talk too much on that one. So, I don't know. I I do agree to a certain extent. I I obviously would be overjoyed for Effie to become GCW champion. I think. Oh my God! Yes. Effie has absolutely proven his worth and his uh, marketability and ability to draw. Um, and I think it's it would be absolutely well deserved. Now that all being said, perfect segue into Ric Flair's last match, uh-huh. where Effie you know, came full circle and completed the waza flying headbutt with Bully Ray, who was one of the people who got in line and was throwing judgment and scorn at Effie for his match with Izzy a million years ago. So it's all kind of right. come full circle in, in, in the squared circle as it so often does. Um, right. And Effie even mentioned like, Hey, other wrestlers who are like old and went past their prime, like, I'm I'm taking, you know, spots to make you relevant again. Just let me know. Um, but be that as it may, Ric Flair's last match, the whole event uh, happened uh, a little while ago now. And I got to see a little bit of it. I saw Flair's match itself. Um, but overall, what what was the general sort of vibe that you picked up from the event itself now i don't believe did you end up watching any of it or no i did not i uh i did see some clips i did get to see effie obviously uh do the was up headbutt so that i thought that was pretty funny um and i did see uh some you know snippets and clips of like rick coming out and rick with the you know the 10 pounds of gold and uh, Rick wearing a t-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, like, which was weird on, uh, like, okay. So here's the thing. Oh, oh <laughs> let it out question. now. Here we go. This is, this is the question I had from the beginning. Okay. So Rick Flair knows, Hey, 
this is my last match. I'm done after this. I'm getting a special. I, he made a, he got a whole new robe made just for this one match. You couldn't get a singlet or something like that that looked better than your normal ring tights and a fucking t-shirt. Like I just I, for some reason that I don't know why it bugged me, but it did. That's like well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that you weren't the only one. Um, I did happen to experience this show with uh, a few of our wrestling friends, and uh, I will tell you, I have uh, firsthand uh, experience that Logan Cruz, one half of the Gifted, or one third of the Gifted, I should say, right. The entire match was just screaming at the TV. Take off your shirt, Frank! God damn it, take off your shirt! <laughs> it I mean, it was... Just, uh, like... No, so I agree. That... I, I, it, it feels like one of those things where, like... Well, the other thing that was odd, too, is that he was wearing something underneath it. So, like, you could, see, you could see, like, when he would lift his arm, you could see under his armpit that he had something else on underneath it i don't i don't okay. think it was like a singlet per se but something along those lines something maybe like a compression thing i don't know but okay. something but then but then wrestle in that then like why are you the t-shirt I, looks so fucking weird and it's not like it's the first time i've seen rick flair wrestle in a t-shirt though because like true. the last day of the last day of wcw i think the last like the last match from before before wcw got bought by vince if I remember correctly, it was Flair versus Sting, Correct. and Flair was wearing a shirt in that match too. So, so, so. I feel like it's a self-conscious thing. Oh God, I, yeah. I, I feel like it's maybe he did have some kind of singlet or something like that, and somebody made a comment, or maybe he looked at himself and just went, "I look fucking ridiculous," and so he just threw the shirt on instead. Um, I agree. I don't think it looked great, but also he's a 73 year old man. So right. I wasn't expecting him to come out like, you know, shredded wheat by any means. Well, but see, the, but here's the thing though. This was definitely thought of farther in advance than just like fairly recently because the shirt matched the tights perfectly. True. True. So there, there was definitely some forethought on that shirt because it, it matched spot on. Like that was like, I will give them credit. They, they did a great job of making so. I don't know if maybe somebody made the T-shirt based off the you know the the tights he was using or well or what I'm, I'm guessing he got new tights made. That's my yes. my assumption. But but the thing of it is, the weird part was because it was just like a regular T-shirt and he didn't have it like tucked into the tights at all. There were right. a lot of times where it just looked like Grandpa just got out of bed and was just shirt cocking it, like it was covering <laughs> enough. It was covering enough of the actual tights that at some time it just kind of looked like he was, you know, just sort of, you know, like I said, just shirt cocking it. And it was like, okay, but, well, that's a confident look, I guess, in, right. in your everyday life um, to Donald Duck it. But, um, <laughs> but as it were, you know, it was, it was a little bit odd. Um, but, then, but then let me ask this, though. Does it look even weirder if he tucks the shirt in, though? I don't know. I think like it's going to look weird either way. Because um, that looks like you've tucked your shirt into your underwear. I mean, that's really that's what true, that looks like. Which, unless you're Zach Galifianakis, is a bold choice. Um, right. So, it, yeah, that is a, that is a tricky. It's a tricky call to make. So I don't know. 
But I will um, say this. So other... I saw, I watched the whole match in its entirety. Okay. Okay. Um, pretty, pretty mixed feelings on it, if I'm being honest. Um, oh, I'm sure. Because I get it. I get the whole thing of this. I get that we're going out how we want to go out, et cetera, et cetera. That's all well and good. Um, but it was uncomfortable. It was genuinely uncomfortable. Um, I mean, it, let me put it this way. Everybody did a fine job. Jeff Jarrett, Jay right. Lethal, uh, Charlotte's husband. Everybody did fine. But, okay. When you heard it was a tag team match. Right. And Flair's partner didn't actually appear in any of the promotional material for it. Because they couldn't get him to show up, I guess. What was your first thought as somebody who's been watching wrestling forever and ever? What was your first thought as soon as you found out it was a tag match? Uh, that for the most part, Flair wasn't going to work almost any of it. Right. That and he I was going to be in. That he uh, does, but it's absolutely serving that purpose. Right. It is 100% serving the, well, we couldn't just let him do one-on-one because he'd never make it. Right. Like, if you see the ending, which, spoiler alert, for, what, two weeks old now, three weeks old now? Right. Um, the ending is Flair put Flair hits um, Jeff Jarrett with the Nucks, and then... Which, pardon me a moment all I, as I interrupt here briefly, but didn't did I hear not that, that Andrade basically had to, like, stop his, like, Michael J. Fox Parkinson's hands from shaking long enough to try to like slide those knucks onto him to get that punch in. Well, that's the problem is he, he bet on the wrong hand. He put it on okay. Flair's left hand, slipped it right on. Ah. And Flair was like, Oh no, 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 no. That's not the strong hand. And then he had right. to squiggle it off. And then he put it on his right himself. Ah, okay. Okay. Which again is not a huge deal. But it is uncomfortable because you're like, what the? And right. the camera's like right on him. So you're like, what the fuck is going on? He switches hands, gets up, hits Jarrett, puts Jarrett in the figure four. And then if we're being, you know, dicks about it, both men are laid out, which makes sense for Jeff Jarrett. We're going with right. he's just been knocked out cold with the brass knuck. So he's out. Flair, on the other hand, should not be. Right. Flair is. They both lay... Back to the mat. New ref comes in because, of course, there was a ref bump. Counts of course. one, two, three, and and says Flair's the winner. Although technically, it would be a draw because they both had right. their shoulders down. Right. Um, because because I, I believe the rumor is Flair said to Andrade at the end of the match, "I think I passed out." Yeah, there was a like, gift from Matthew of Botchmania that um, kind of like captured that moment. Oh Jesus. Um, yeah, and so this—that's the—that's the uncomfortable part—is he looked every bit seventy-three. Right. He didn't move with a lot of purpose or fervor. There was a uh, obviously a part where he, you know, does the strut. He, you know, because Jeff Jarrett had already done the strut and insulted him, and Jay Lethal already did the strut and insulted him, so he hit him with the "Oh, you, you motherfuckers want to see how it's done." And on paper, it will say he then did the strut and then crotch chopped Jeff Jarrett. But when you watch it, 
It right. looks like Grandpa is wandered out of his room and just sort of just goes and just kind of tries to like hoist his arms up. That's what it looks like. <laughs> so, like I said, it was the the match itself was fine. It was a a a, a spectacle to be to be seen. It was incre- incredible that Flair like went the distance in this match and da 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 da. But by no means, if you showed that to somebody and you were like, and by the way, that guy who's the only guy who's bleeding in this match because everybody else has an actual like gig with a real company. Right. He's 73. Would you believe that? People watching would go, I thought he was 83. So it, like I said, very mixed feelings. I appreciated it for what it was and it was impressive in its own way, but it was also alarming to see Flair moving that slowly. And it felt almost like, I don't know, it felt almost like they had run a little bit of it or bits and pieces of the match, and Flair was like, yeah, I got it. But once it came to go time and it was like, you know, a fucking half hour. Right. I think just there just wasn't enough in the tank. And I think that's why he, like, passed out at a a certain point, because, like, he's an old-ass man. So I, simple. I'm, I'm interested to know. Do you think, truly, if we could get into the you know into the mind of Ric Flair, is that truly how he wanted to go out? Though, I don't know. I truly don't know because it, again, it's not like he went out there and. Here's the thing. I think him with Sean. Oh, and also it felt weird that he didn't lose. That's another thing I wanted to say. And not right. to say like, oh, he should lose because I have like a personal vendetta against him. Like, no, no, no. I was you under go the out impression on your back. That that's what you did. I was under the impression you right. go out on your back. Right. So for him to just like win, I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's fine, I guess, but. It's odd. Right. Um, But I think truly at the heart of it, nothing was going to outdo his match with Shawn Michaels. Right. I really do feel like that was about as best as you're going to get in a retirement match. Right. Flair crying. I love you. I'm sorry. Super kick. We're making movies here, folks. Like, that's a moment. And I feel like as soon as, and don't get me wrong, retirement in wrestling is, is, is one of the most fickle things on the planet Earth. Terry oh, Funk God. retired 187 times. Like, so it's not to say like, oh, I can't believe he would besmirch pro wrestling by claiming he retired from one company and then working at another company. Like, no, of course not. Right. But it is one of those cases where you go, okay, this was really good. This told a nice story. This had a nice little, like, punctuation to it. Now are we diminishing the returns on this? Right. And, and I mean, it happens with, with so many forms of entertainment. You know, how many bands do we see where it's like they're way past their prime, but they're still playing, and you're like, guys, at a certain point, pack it in. Like, come on. Right. Who is actually um, paying tickets for Smash Mouth? Right, right. Well, they get real mad if you like, you know, chant shit at them. I guess if you're yelling right. like Shrek in the front row. 
the main dude's like, hey, you motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but Guy Fieri is fucking headbanging at a Rage Against the Machine <laughs> concert. So it's all good. That's true. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Is this really, is this how he wanted to go out on? Is this like poetic in its own way? Like, what do you think? Here's the problem. I, I think we, we all know Ric Flair's lifestyle. And he's talked about it many times. He wrote about it in his book that like Rick, he made sure that Rick Flair, the one we saw on television on like, you know, you know, NWA world championship wrestling and stuff like that. Wasn't just a character, right? He literally was was living the gimmick. He lived, he lived the gimmick. And the problem is because he lived that gimmick so much. He put himself in a lot of situations. Actually, I was watching a, a video before this episode uh, online today, I think with Cultaholic, where they did um, like basically the rundown of each of Ric Flair's 16 world title wins. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, they made it. They made a joke somewhere on there. It's like 16 title wins, about as many women as he's paying alimony to. Hey. So, um, and uh, but I think that's sadly true. Rick is lived the lifestyle it has been it was good for him to a point and then it's cost him down the line yeah and now rick will do sadly just about anything whether it hurts his image or not to put more money in his pocket because he needs it because he's lived that lifestyle so is this how he wanted to go out i don't know but he saw a good opportunity and he happens to have a son-in-law who is, you know, people can say whatever they want about Conrad. Um, from what I've seen, the the guy's a great business businessman, is a decent promoter, knows how to get stuff over per se, has basically taken like wrestling podcasts to uh, you know a whole nother level with the people that he signed up under his you know his, you know, roster with like very true flair and Arn and, and regal and et cetera, et cetera, Jarrett, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, at least if he had somebody that was there, it was somebody that I feel like probably if, if no one else did had his best interest, as heart as best as humanly possible for the situation. Um, but no, do I, I mean, do I think this is how Flair would have gone on? No, I'm sure Flair had millions of dollars sitting in the bank and was, you know, living the life of luxury after what he had done for his entire career and didn't have to. Do I think he may have been a manager? Do I think he'd still be in wrestling? Sure. But do I think he'd be doing like matches at 70 something? I, I'd like to think no, but. Well, then I mean, again, Rick, also though, Rick they being, grew 10,000 people allegedly. So it's like, you know. Right was like he was wrestling in like a flea market or something like that. Like, no, ab- absolutely. True. No, that was his time in a, that was his, his time in uh you know, impact wrestling in TNA. Um, Folks. so, so. got their dumb asses. Um, <laughs> boom. You know what, by the way, uh, g- f- a speaking of impact real briefly, good on impact for lasting as long as they have and giving the middle finger to basically every wrestling fan that for the last like 20 some odd years, has said they're dying tomorrow and they still don't true. good for them. And the, uh, the stuff I have seen from impact lately looks like it's been absolutely wonderful. And I wish they were still wrestling out of, um, 
Universal, so I could so I could go see more tapings because the, well, now the stuff I've seen is, from them is so. really good. Yeah, but I, I those tickets never last long enough for me to get there. So this is true. This is true. But but anywho, but um, no, yeah, like I said, he did he have a great draw? Yeah, and and it looked like from what I saw, he had a uh, there was an amazing undercard underneath the show. Yes. So, you know, he he had a. You know, it's it's you know the the lead in makes a difference. He had a you know if the the rest of the show was complete and utter gobshite, um, would this have still drawn? Ten? Yeah, no, it probably would have because it's it's you know wrestling fans will go out to for the last hurrah here. But um, so but I've no, got, the fact I've that got, he had a killer show underneath was worth it. So true. I've got two follow up questions for you. So okay, number one, with the success of this show do you feel like that opens the door for other old wrestlers to try to kind of put themselves in a last hurrah kind of situation or do you think that this really just makes sense for flair and everybody else can just you know ride off in the sunset like normal uh i think this really makes sense for flair i think like you had actually mentioned one of the few other people that i thought in theory could do something like this which was terry funk um <sighs> yeah maybe well, but well no but and like i said here's the but like but terry like i've seen terry recently terry you know is not in good condition and I, I don't think even, I mean, like he looks good for his age and things like that, but there's definitely, you can tell a, a major step has been lost for, for Terry, but if Terry was in better health, do, you know, could I see Terry do something like that? Sure. But he's also done eight other shows just like this previously. And every time he <laughs> retires, he fucking comes back in. So, True. um, I don't know. I can't think of a, I cannot legitimately think of a wrestler with flair's name value that could do this type of last hurrah and have it mean something. Well, um, there was that thing about Ricky Steamboat was coming out of retirement and then people wanted he, him to fight Flair and the Ricky Steamboat very wisely said, why in God's name would I do that? And I was like, that? right. He, and, um, and I think I even heard Rick talking about it and Rick was like, no, he had that. Um, Cause remember Ricky had that run at like WrestleMania where he ended up fighting Chris Jericho as oh, that's right. When like Jericho that, was like running through all of the like Hall of Fame guys, right? And like he fought Piper, and Roddy yeah. was like obviously not doing great. He fought Snuka, and Snuka was a complete utter disaster at that point. But then like Steamboat got in, and Steamboat looked like he could still be wrestling, right? Um, right. And then I think so, I, I don't know if it was before then or after then, but didn't he have like a brief stint in? Uh, I want to say ROH for a minute. He he never. Uh, it was a little. Bef- that was before he never okay. wrestled in ROH though. He no, was but it was like kind some of, kind of. It looked almost like an office kind of position. But he kept having. He kept crossing paths with CM Punk, and he would throw right. like, a couple of arm drags in or whatever, and it made right. me believe in Christmas again. Like you know that kind of thing. Right. So actually, you know, and I'll be honest. There's another one. Steamboat in theory could could probably have like a last hurrah match and, and do it the way a lot of people, I think kind of hoped that flair's match would, uh-huh. but I think a lot of people were hoping that like flair would get in the ring and yeah, he's, you know, in his seventies and looks like grandpa and you know, stuff like that. But I think a lot of people were hoping that like, once he got in there, there would be some little light that would turn on and well, he would, 
he would have it again just for that little bit. And it's funny I, that I you mentioned that because uh, <clears throat> I remember there was a story that override uh, former guest of the indie cast, Christian override had mentioned about seeing um, Mr. Perfect right before he died. Like, I think it was like maybe three weeks, four weeks before he died. Yeah. And he said he was backstage and he saw Mr. Perfect. And he's like, he is zonked out of his mind. Just like sitting in a chair, slumped over, you know, looks a mess. And then the music kicked in and he snapped into it. And he's like, you couldn't, you would have thought it was like, you know, fucking 1987. And he was just coming in, you know, perfect plex and the shit out of everybody. So right. yeah, I, I, I see your point. Like, I think that is what everybody was hoping for was it was going to be like a, ha ha, just kidding. He still got it. Like that kind of thing. And then it and was I like, think... Oh no, he's, he's actually a grandpa monster. We were wrong. Right, right. So, um, the other thing I wanted to ask was, did you happen to catch anything about his post show speech? I, I heard a little bit about it, but I didn't hear the speech at all. I heard he was, sounded like hell is i think it I was very I odd right. um first of all i really think tony shivani should have shaved down to just the mustache <laughs> because he could have done the full circle throwback to like the first time he interviewed flair and he had like his little baby mustache but nevertheless right. um so flair gets helped out of the ring shivani gives him a little bit of a, a lead in with like oh you know I was there from the beginning and blah, 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 blah. And holy shit, this is for you. We love you, Rick. And then Flair immediately name drops Kid Rock. Okay. Like he's literally like, oh, yeah, this was a big night. You know, and backstage, I'm getting ready. And who walks to the door? But fucking Kid Rock. And he says it just like that. And he's like, oh, Kid Rock came in, and I was like, hey, what's up, kid? And he's like, hey, I took off my tour because I'm fucking watching you entertain tonight. And I was like, no shit. <laughs> That's how it started. Shivani's just kind of like, okay. Um, and then, like, he thanks his family, and that was just sort of it. And it was like, huh. And the thing that's interesting is you watch the – if you watch the promo – when you look over Rick's shoulder, you can see in the front row Undertaker, Mick Foley, and Bret Hart, and they're all right. in various stages of like, okay, time to put Grandpa to bed now. Like, right, a little too much birthday cake. It's time to go to bed. Like that was sort of the look in various stages on their faces. Um, and so yeah, it's a little rough. It was a little rough. Um. And again, kind of similar to your shirt point of like, you're expecting there to be something else. You're expecting there to be the, you know, with a tear in my eye, you're expecting there to be something. Kiss stealing, you know, jet, you know, holy shit. You expect there to be like, oh my God, this was unbelievable. And instead it's just like, this man escaped death somehow made it through this contest in one piece. Holy shit. Get him out of here. Get him some oxygen. Is kind of the, the feeling that she came away with. It it feels very old yeller to me. I hate to say it's a little bit. That way, a little like, bit. 
did we need to call Dr. Kevorkian in to like finish well, this job off here? It's like to kind of to kind of bring it back. That's very dark. To bring it back to thank, thank um, you, did my job. <laughs> uh, to bring it back to an earlier point with like Nick Gage, it kind of felt like how you feel after you watch like a death match, a death match right. that's like someone got cut too deep. Right. You don't necessarily go like, yeah, that's fucking wrestling, baby. You're like, oh wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, God, I hope he's okay. That was yeah, that I, looked really ugly. Can I tell you the first match I ever had that feeling in, by the way? Um, uh, Sandman Nick Gage? No, but that that would be would be amazing though. Uh no, um, have you ever seen the mass transit incident? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. That's that's a thousand percent. Well, to, to anyone re- who's who's younger than us, give a quick right. synopsis of the mass transit incident. Oh god. Okay. So ECW back in 90, I think 97, don't quote me on that completely. Uh, You are at a house show somewhere in Pennsylvania. Um, The um, gangsters of New Jack and Mustafa Saeed were supposed to face off against Devon Dudley, um, pre-Dudley Boys tag team. So it might have even been earlier. It might be more like 95-ish. And Axel Rotten. Axel Rotten did not make the show for whatever reason, and they needed to find a replacement. Well, this uh, kid, and I will stress kid, because he was like 17, who had done a couple of like independent show type things, uh, who wrestled as mass transit. So basically he came in in like a bus driver's outfit, said they were looking for somebody to replace Axel. Somehow he kind of weaseled his way backstage. And said, "Hey, I can do it. Can I do it?" And they I've went, been trained uh, by blah blah blah. Right. Here's lied about thing. who he was trained about. Said he was in his twenties, and they went, "You know what? Do it." Says like, "Hey, you're gonna fight the gangsters. You're gonna need to bleed. Can you blade?" And apparently, he told New Jack, um, "I've never done that before. Can you cut me?" And New Jack basically went hell yeah i can but i i guess i think because i was watching interesting enough i was watching the new jack uh dark side of the ring recently right and i think he said something about like mass transit was being a real dick backstage suppose well that's whether that's true or not i don't know new jack has such an interesting way of looking at it because he's just coked out of his mind new jack at the time is just doing lines of coke as his like pre-show ritual and this kid comes up and like hey i've never cut myself before i'm very nervous about it can you help me new jack looks at him and says yes but internally new jack has taken this as an offense for some reason like a reason that he doesn't even in even in the dark side doesn't even really say what it is he was just like right fuck him for asking me you're like okay i guess sure uh, but then apparently New Jack had in one of his weapons, he had something that I believe he basically described as uh, like a fucking scalpel. Yeah, like, it, it's like, like, you know, things they do surgery with type of deal sharp. And I guess he, you know, when he cut him, he cut him so deep that it caught an, art- uh, caught an artery and legitimately is like spurt- spurting blood. Like a you know a, a fucking you know sprinkler 
right uh you know in your backyard in the middle of summer it was just and then the horrendous wrapped up that story the guy's mom stands up and screams no no he's underage and they're like oh jesus and then there's a whole court case and da 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 so a big mess on multiple fronts but yes i agree that is one of those moments that you look at and you go go my god and there's no like yeah wrestling baby you're like oh lord yeah and this kind of the you know the the post-match promo with flair kind of had that same sort of energy where it's it's not like oh man this is unbelievable you're just sort of like yeah yeah okay well good don't do that again um you're done now right and 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 that was sort of it so like i said very mixed feelings i acknowledge the the importance of it i acknowledge like hey this was a thing you know he went out allegedly how he wanted to blah 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 he doesn't have unfinished business anymore great good for him wonderful so did did he really have unfinished business before this though i guess that's still always my question you know Karen Jarrett claims it's just a money thing, but who knows? Well, Karen Jarrett is probably right. Now, hate, let me ask you this that, as, my, as my final point about this, this event. They did obviously do like a personalized buildup where it was like, oh, Jay Lethal's helping him train. And then there's like jealousy and there, oh, and Jeff Jarrett's involved and it's a whole big dramatic thing and yada, yada, yada. Um, do you think that was all necessary? Do you think you could have just done it almost like a dream match and just been like, hey, here's what it is. Put your money down to see this or don't. Um, I mean, could you have just done it as a dream match? Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, isn't wrestling supposed to always be kind of about the storyline and the, the lead up to it. So I, I think if you're going to hype it, you might as well, you might as well hype it. And I think they were doing a lot too, between uh, Flair's podcast and Jarrett's podcast too, where they were kind of bad mouthing each other back and forth. Um, so no, oh, build it up. Why not? You know what? Actually, I, I compare this a lot to is uh, a lot of like how they did the build up for the original all in. Um, and they true. did basically everything through the being the elite show on on youtube um pretty much everything was lead up through bte so no why not Let, i mean did flair need to bleed in that in that beat down in the parking lot that he took at one point probably not as much as he did but you know well i think flair, there was a lot of uh, blood thinners that he was on and uh well right so it's a daisy so yeah so i i don't know but like i said yeah i i guess if if you need a storyline have a storyline why why not go you know go for it just, and 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 maybe that was part of it too maybe that was part of the like proving he still got it kind of mentality of like right. yeah no i definitely can still tell a story and i can still cut promos and yet I, I don't know maybe that was part of it who knows the funny part is like for a lot of what i saw though flair came out looking like a real asshole like flair was kind of healing it up in points right up until the beat down so like it's almost like you, and, and God forbid, please don't make me ever, like, want to be on Jeff Jarrett's side. We're like, no, you probably deserve that. But, like, for a little bit of, like, some of the things he was saying and some of the things he was doing, I'm like, why are you making Jeff Jarrett look right? This is this is horrible. Please don't do that. That's <laughs> Jeff Jarrett did come out with, in, in, like, the King of the Mountain kind of entrance. So it was like, oh, boy. Of course he did. 
We're getting prime asshole Jeff Jarrett. Of course he did. Which Daniel Stone was very disappointed that he didn't come out with like the weird, like the the mid nineties WWF run with like the the light up hat. Oh God! (laughs) I was I was sad that when they announced him, they didn't say, "Ain't he great?" I was a little disappointed. I I'm a little more surprised he didn't come out in the. Frickin' black hat and black jacket like he's, you know, the reincarnation of Johnny Cash that he was uh, doing with his Effie feud, but. Uh, that would have been actually pretty interesting. So. But yeah, I don't know. Wrestling is weird. That's the, that's the long yeah. short here, folks. Wrestling is yeah, a weird, weird thing. Ain't that the truth. So. Uh, well, Zach, what do you uh, what do you have to get in this week? What shit do you have to get in? Oh, the shit I got to get in. So I am actually participating in Spooky Empire in October and Spookala in December now. We've officially, Babe Ruth pointed our shot for that as well. Those will be our last two conventions of the year. Um, Luna's going to have, uh, you know, her She-Wolf Media amazing art pieces. I'm going to have a lot of dumb videotapes and nonsense like that. Uh, just got done with a VHS swap meet, if you can... Uh, if you're in the Tampa area, just look on Facebook. There's a whole VHS trading community, which I didn't even know about. And there's going to be some Brainbuster titles at Viper Video in uh, Tampa near uh, Seminole Heights. So, yeah. Very nice. We're, we're moving and shaking. Uh, anything for you, Chad? Have you gotten to play multiverses yet? I did, actually. And I feel like we should uh, almost like save this for next week or something so I can All right. I can live with that depth. tease. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, the, uh, the girls and I did get to, uh, go over to their, uh, uncle Colin and aunt Colleen's house. And, uh, they did download multiverses on a system that uh, does indeed, uh, <laughs> accept multiverses, not my switch, obviously. So, uh, give us, uh, no, a, little, was, give us uh, a little taste. What were, what was something you were, uh, what's something we should know from, from your experience here? Um, what is something we should know? Um, Here, give, give me this. Give me this. I'll frame it like this. Okay. Fill in the blank. Fuck blank. Um. F- uh, fuck. Uh, was it Finn from uh from Adventure Time? Adventure Time. Fighting him is a real pain in the ass. Um. <laughs> that, at least right, it was for our, me. That's our tease. That's our tease. I'll, I'm, I'm going to get, well, I'm going to give you two here. Also, okay. uh, fuck Velma. What a useless character that is. <laughs> and I love Velma too. Don't get me wrong. Like for multiple reasons, I love Velma, but oh my God, what a like, just like, I don't know what they were thinking with that character at all. So, um, I will tell you who my favorite is next time. So, but, uh, other than that, uh, at IndyCast, I N D Y K A S T on all social media. Uh, so look around for us. You will find us except, except on fucking TikTok, where somebody has at IndieCast and has no videos on there. And I'm trying to figure out how I can get them to change it so that we can get on TikTok. Um, really annoys the shit out of me. Um, uh, 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 what else? Uh, buy your merch at Fully Gimmicked uh, and buy a bunch of merch at Fully Gimmicked. Uh, buy all sorts of merch at Fully Gimmicked. That's where you should be buying merch at. Uh, follow uh, the read pile at uh, the read pile on all social media, including TikTok. Um, so find uh, find Rick uh, everywhere. And uh, I think 
yeah, follow the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Follow the uh, internet title, um, uh, both on Twitter. And I think that is everything. So until next time, everybody, uh, I am, as always, Coculus Maximus. I am default named interviewer, default named uh, host. Excellent. And until next time, everybody, we always say. Doosies. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. (laughs) Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. (laughs) It's that dirty ass Meryl Streep. We are. We're touching wieners. Touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six pack and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.